Hello everyone and welcome to the Incremental Gains Podcast. How are we all doing? Today I want to talk to you about The White Pill. What is The White Pill? The White Pill is a book by Michael Malice. Why did I start reading this book? Michael Malice was interviewed on Modern Wisdom podcast. He was also interviewed on the Lex Friedman podcast. And I started reading The White Pill. The White Pill is about the fight between good and evil and the hope that good will eventually triumph over evil. And Michael Malice in this book talks about the atrocities in the 20th century in the Soviet Union under communism. Now, why did I even start reading this book? Well, over the last several years from his appearances on Joe Rogan, I've been listening to Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson talks about the the dangers of communism, um, Marxism, the Soviet Union, the Gulag Archipelago. And really, a bit embarrassed at my lack of education on those subject matters. Everyone's aware of the Holocaust and Nazi Germany. But concentration camps and the inhumane, inhumane, inhumane treatment of a sub-population was happening in the Soviet Union all the way throughout the 20th century. And Michael Malice describes in great detail these atrocities. He explains beautifully some of the, the moments of hope and white pill moments in this book. And it's an amazing read. And the reason why I'm doing this review today is I think it's probably one of the most influential books that I've read. One for it's it's helped to fill in a, a gap of my education and my history that I didn't have before. And I've always been kind of confused as to what is meant by the terms Marxism, socialism and communism. Just because I'm weird like that, but I don't understand it whatsoever. So this book and the the interviews that I listened to with Lex Friedman and the Modern Wisdom podcast were a really good companion to this book as well. So again, the book talks about these atrocities in the 20th century and he goes through a timeline starting with the major players of the Soviet Union. He starts with Lenin, then Stalin, He talks about the the great the great famine, the the Holodomor. We all know of the the Holocaust. Through my own research, the Holocaust is is by definition a mass mass burning. The Holodomor is a mass starvation. So Lenin in the in the nineteen thirties basically starved a population. There was it's called the Great Famine. Um, I'll go into greater detail shortly. He talks about the Great Famine, Stalin's Great Terror and the purges under Stalin regime. The gulags are all in it, so the gulags are a, a series of concentration camps on different islands. And then he brings it up to kind of present day with the Berlin Wall and the, the Iron Curtain. 
fascinating book, absolutely amazing. And I do recommend that everybody read this book, if not just to just to get a greater appreciation of the history of like the twenty the twentieth century. Towards the end of the book when he gets on about the Berlin Wall. Like I was a lot it was nineteen eighty nine when the Berlin Wall came down. So I remember I remember it on the news and I didn't really know anything about it and that's quite embarrassing. What do we mean by the terms Marxism, socialism and communism? Obviously I'm no expert and these are going to be probably almost too simple of explanations but the way I get around it in my head is Marxism is is a is a is a doctrine um an economic doctrine that favors communism and socialism over capitalism now socialism under capitalism people will inevitably slip through the cracks because some people will get richer the poor will get poorer some people will slip through the cracks so socialism attempts to stop that happening so socialism is an economy where the wealth and production of wealth is evenly distributed throughout everybody and it's run by a democratic government so communism is like the next level of that where communism, if you think it's for the common good. So all property and production and wealth is owned by the state and distributed out, if that makes sense. I think someone correct me in the comments or whatever. That's the way I see it in my head. So communism, obviously, you start talking about dictatorship when you look at communism someone's dictating who gets what if you think about the united kingdom we are a capitalist and a socialist kind of country we have capitalism so people can own businesses people can earn profits but it's also socialist examples of that would be the nhs and the welfare system Again, socialist to stop people falling through the cracks. That's how I get my head around it. So, Michael Malice goes into great detail talking about the Russian Revolution and all the major players of what happened in that era. And then, Similar to what happened in Nazi Germany, Hitler needed a scapegoat, and that scapegoat happened to be the Jews, and the Jews were persecuted. Soviet Union, their scapegoat under Lenin was the Kulaks. Now, the Kulaks were a, a people who were rich enough to own land and own farms, and you could possibly afford to have employees. So Lenin started this propaganda that 
everybody else was poor and things were that were bad were happening to them because of these kulaks. Now, the kulaks were predominantly Ukrainians who owned farms, like I said. And Ukraine was seen as the breadbasket of Europe. The, the lands were so fertile. This is what was producing a lot of the grain. So Lenin basically took the lands, persecuted and killed a lot of these kulaks and drove them off their land so he could have the land for himself. Of course, that set off a series of events where there was no farmers to farm the fields, which meant they were taking surplus crops from the next year's stock which extrapolates down the line where there was basically no food for people to eat, no grain. What grain there was was being sold to other countries to then fund Lenin's um, industrial industrialization of the Soviet Union. So basically, millions and millions of people around the early 1930s starved to death, and it's referred to as the Holodomor. Now, I didn't get taught any of this. Maybe it's my naivety that I should have known about it. I don't know, but... Unbelievable that in in this, in this the 20th century, this, this has happened, as well as, obviously, other things that we're even more aware of. So then we go down the timeline... Lenin dies, and Stalin, Stalin takes over. Now Stalin's, Stalin's, even worse, arguably than Lenin. Lenin was considered considered a psychopath. Was Stalin even more so? But Stalin was a really intelligent, and he, he kind of got his head around the fact that he could rule through terror, and from in the nineteen thirty seven onwards. It's called the Great Terror, the Great Purge, where he didn't want anybody to to form an alliance against the government, against his his rule, not the government, sorry, against his dictatorship. People were seen as anti-revolutionists if they had a bad word to, to say against Stalin. And he set up this reign of, of terror. And how that started so you you'd think like how do you get a, a population of people to to start to like almost grass on each other family members grass on on the wives on the husbands neighbors and it was through this fear this reign of terror if he was caught and arrested you'd probably be killed and or sent to the gulags in um, Siberia in the winter and where you just die there anywhere and you think of communism for the common good all property and production is owned by the state so if you extrapolate that out and Michael Malice does a really good job of explaining all this in the book then even the family unit if you if you had a relationship with another person 
that meant that you liked them obviously more than somebody else. Now that wasn't for the common good. That wasn't for the good of everybody else because you formed a bond with them and that could be seen as anti-revolutionary. So you would be arrested for that. Now, if you were married and you had this friend and again, friendships were considered bourgeois, which meant Michael Malice talks about bourgeois quite a bit. I didn't know what that meant. Um, old fashioned. So this, this communism was seen as revolutionary, a new way of running um, a regime, a state. So anything old fashioned and anything that was considered bourgeois. So the family unit was considered old fashioned. What that meant was if you if you got arrested because you had a friend or you had a bond with someone that was considered anti-revolutionary, you'd be arrested. But then your wife would be tainted with the same brush, which meant she'd start to be questioned. And at the time, the, the Soviet Union police, I can't think what they call a KGB, obviously that's present day, but whatever they were referred to as before, they would basically get confessions out of you by any means necessary. They even brought down they even brought down the the death sentence, the age of the death sentence, so kids, teenagers could actually be killed legally. And they'd use this to get confessions out of people. So they'd be trying to question you over and over again. And the forms of sadism and violence an interrogation that these people endured. Like you think of our experiences of that and we see it on Hollywood films and stuff, but this was truly, truly terrible. This was truly terrible. Where they'd be trying to get a confession out of somebody and they'd just bring this document in and put it on the table and it would be the death certificate of the teenage son or daughter with signed by Stalin to say that they were going to get killed, the death penalty. They were going to get the death penalty. There's another inc incident where... They brought someone's daughter in and raped the daughter in front of them. And this was someone quite high up who was accused of um, being anti-revolutionary, anti-Stalin. And they brought his... He endured everything they could throw at him. And the last resort was they brought in his, his teenage daughter and they raped, raped her in front of him. And he confessed. There's all sorts of stories like this in the book and they're beautifully told, but horrible, horrible things that happened to these, these people. So then if, you, if you've been arrested and you've been sent to the gulags because you've 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 been having you've been accused of whispering behind behind someone's back about um, the Stalin regime you get arrested get sent to the gulags your your wife gets questioned as well because she's guilty by association if you've got kids they're now orphans they're now homeless they're starving they're on the streets and nobody will rescue or take in your children because then they will be seen to be sympathizers and then they'll have the same they'll endure the same fate so there was there was there was no way of of getting out of this no way so everyone kind of fell in line 
at the time, Stalin created quarters that he wanted X amount of arrests a week or a month. So the the police went around getting as many confessions as they could by any means necessary. And they were getting people to, to grass on the neighbours by giving them grain, feeding them. Bear in mind, everyone's starving at this point. They've still not really fixed the the food from, from Lennon's, Lennon's time. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So friendships were seen as anti-revolutionary. If you had a kid, if you had a child, the child wasn't your property under communism, extrapolating it out again. Um, it wasn't your property. It was the state's property. And again, these bourgeois, bourgeois attitudes was that if you bring up your kid well, and then there's a chance that somebody else might not bring that kid up too good. Then that wasn't for the common good. So they took your kids away and they, they taught kids en masse through government schemes, through this dictatorship scheme. But you could go and visit your child afterwards, after this, this school time. So all the kids were taught. So again, the police would, would knock on trying to get these arrests to meet these quarters that Stalin put upon the people. And your body would literally give you away. So if you weren't emaciated enough when they knocked on, that would be a telltale sign that you'd been feeding, you'd been getting food from somewhere. Now that was a crime. That was a crime. So if you didn't give them any food, then they'd think you, was, you were hiding it, hoarding it. So then that was a crime as well. So your body would literally give you away. So there was no real, no real choice, was there? If you wasn't emaciated, then they would know you'd been eaten. In which case you'd be punished for it. Sent to the gulags or just outright killed. And if you were starving, then you were probably going to die from starvation. It sounds weird to say, but it reading the book and it's it's really well written. And I just wanted to keep reading, even though I was reading these horrifying events that I was learning that I didn't really know anything about. It was captivating. It was I couldn't put the book down. So now the book moves on to discussing. And talking about how we come to the the Iron Curtain, the Berlin Wall, and communism in Germany. Like I said, I remember watching, in 1989, the Berlin Wall came down. So 1961 to 1989, I would have been nine, nine years of age. And I remember watching the news that the Berlin Wall was coming down. And at the time... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was out on a film and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles appeared in this music video. I can't remember who sung it, but I think it was like Let the Wall Come Down or something like that. 
and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles appear in this music video. Now that's like the kind of the only reference that I remember about the Berlin Wall coming down. And I didn't know anything about it. And I still don't know anything about it. I still don't know anything about it to this day. And again, that's quite embarrassing, my lack of knowledge on, on something that has happened within my lifetime. So Germany was split between the Soviet Union, East Germany, and the Western forces, West Germany. Berlin is closer to Poland and the eastern side than it is to Western Europe. So Berlin lies in the eastern side of Germany. But Berlin is all, Berlin at this time was split into two fractions, um, communism and democracy if you want to call it that our what we are now and what was happening was people were basically en masse emigrating from eastern germany or eastern berlin to west berlin and the eastern bloc was losing what they're called brain drain so they were losing all the doctors all the brains and the scientists and everyone who, who was like heading industries, they were losing all these people to, to Western Germany and Western Berlin. So they basically built a barrier to stop people going over en masse, introduced a passport system. But people kept getting through. So what ended up happening, and again, it's a really simplified version, a lot of events took place, which are really well described and explained in the book, was they built a wall around the whole of West Berlin. Around the whole of West Berlin. So they halved a city and a wall that was the whole way around the perimeter, eventually, obviously, eventually around the perimeter of West Berlin. Now, how do you even start to facilitate that? Splitting a city in half. And then again, the, the persecutions that took place from the Stasi around this time, so the Stasi, the German police... Anybody who was anti-revolutionary, the, the police were getting people to to grass on family members. They were torturing people. Making people confess to crimes that they didn't commit. Horrible interrogation techniques. And anybody who was found to be anti-revolutionary and against the communist regime was was persecuted in a way that we today we can't even fathom really what what that entailed you may have come across the name Mikhail Gorbachev I've come across the name before but I'd never knew who he was, I assumed wrongly that all the Russian leaders, obviously today we've got Vladimir Putin, Lenin, Stalin, and Gorbachev, 
kind of tied in with all the, with the same brush, basically. Again, naivete, lack of knowledge on the subject matter. Gorbachev is the hero of the book. If you if you think about the white pill moments, the battle between good and evil, Gorbachev was the white pill. And around this time of the Berlin Wall, the major players now are Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, and Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev was basically the catalyst, and he's the hero of this book that brought down the Iron Curtain, brought down the Soviet Union. There's stories in the book about him meeting uh, Margaret Thatcher. So Margaret Thatcher came over to Moscow, and that would have been unheard of unheard of that have been well she wouldn't have got over there put it on where there's there's a story in the book that around this time the cold war they've they've all got we've got access to nuclear missiles russia have got access soviet union's got access to nuclear missiles and they run um some exercises to say if america started like press the trigger for the nuclear missiles. This is what would happen. We need to do X, Y, and Z. And Mikhail Gorbachev was was in this exercise and he wouldn't press the button to launch nuclear missiles, even in an exercise, even in a practice. He would not he would not commit. There was protests around the time of um not long before the coming down of the Berlin Wall, there was protests, German protests, students protesting in the square. There was calls for from the German government to basically shoot all these students, like a like another Tenement Square, the incident that happened in China. There was calls for them just to open fire on all these students. And even the soldiers at this point were like no we're not doing it they can they can protest in silence so it showed that the masses the masses observed that the there could be a peaceful protest and it could be used to topple a regime Mikhail Gorbachev is kind of the catalyst and his relationship with Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan to end this this iron curtain and remove the veil of create this white pill hope and he goes Michael Malice goes into amazing detail about this how the so many events came together for the Berlin Wall to actually come down and it happened very quickly it went from nothing to basically coming down a little bit of luck, a little bit of um, a wrong press release of someone. And before people knew it, it was coming down. The white pill. The book is really, and I got this from the Chris Williamson podcast, the book is really about cynicism. We all know these people that are pessimistic and what's the point anyway, the, the bad people, 
So we're never going to win our who are we to be able to do something really small. We're not going to be able to take on a, a government or anything. And people who are pessimistic and what's the point in being optimistic because if something good happens then it's a bonus, but if you're pessimistic about it then it doesn't matter anyway. We all know these kind of people. And the book is a is a study on that kind of cynicism and that good will win. Bad guys do lose. I can't explain how much I enjoyed this book and how important I think it is that people read this book because it was utterly fascinating. Horrible to read at some points. There was some funny moments in there as well. A few people trying to escape through checkpoints in the Berlin Wall. And I, I won't spoil the stories for you, but they're quite good to read. How people escaped. It's definitely filled my gap in my education as to what some of the atrocities that took place during the 20th century. And I am wiser from reading this book. If you are considering reading this book, don't get me wrong, it's not it's not a textbook, it's not a, an educational tome. It's an easy it's it's not an easy read because there's a lot of barbar barbaric things that happen in this book. And it covers a lot of history in a short space of time. But it is a good read. It flows nicely. It's not written in a textbook style at all. It's probably one of the best books I've I've read and the most important books that I've read. And I will be recommending it to people. Whether or not you're into you've ever misunderstood communism, Marxism, socialism, you misunderstood what the Soviet Union was and all the major players. I think you're gonna get a lot a lot out of this book. And I thank you for watching so far or listening. And we'll see you soon. Michael Malice, the White Pill.